0: we mm-hmm.
1: So So Scrutiny Podcast. I am your host, Corey Stocks, and this is my other host, Robert Main. Look at that gold chain. I am wearing gold today, <laughs> but no yeah.
2: chain.
3: I don't wear necklaces yeah. very often. But.
1: Maybe like subconsciously, I looked at your shirt and I was like, oh yeah, gold <laughs> chain. Well, you I know, don't know,
3: we're going to be talking uh, a few things in baseball. There's a few baseball players that wear gold chains a lot. So, you know, I can yeah. see that. I can see that.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, today's episode will be all baseball oriented. Um, we're going to talk about a movie we watched, Brampton's Own, and then we're going to talk about our top three baseball films and top three baseball players. Um, we love baseball. It's the middle. They're not middle of. It's <laughs> the middle of what should be True. the yeah. baseball season, but um, since COVID struck, you know, we, we're watching it all from home. Yes, we so. are.
3: It's it's um, interesting. It's uh, it's definitely yeah. not the same, but it is a little bit of <clears throat> normality into our life that we're like, oh yeah, baseball. Like that's a normal thing in this weird COVID climate that we are in. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting um, time for baseball, especially with uh, with if you haven't been following the whole like Dodger thing. We <laughs> like the Astros. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, I thought you were talking about like specifically like COVID cases. No, 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 no. Well, too.
1: today the Cardinals announced that they have even more Third people. Team, so it's yeah. crazy. I don't think well, this year is gonna really last, but you know.
3: Should we just get into it? We're already talking about baseball. Yeah, now, yeah. So let's why get not? Into it. Um, actually, wait. Let's before we get into that, let's mention our unofficial sponsor of today. What are you taking? Like, like always, it's bones coffee. Today <laughs> I went a little crazy, everybody. Everyone calm down. But I'm I, I put blueberry and pistachio yeah. together.
1: Blueberry Whoa. and pistachio.
3: And I gotta say, it is delicious. It tastes kind of like a blueberry muffin with like pistachio and or kind of like a nut. nut muffin with uh, (laughs) blueberries in it, but it is damn good.
1: Delicious. If you haven't had Bones, check them out. They're good. They're really good. They have a lot of good flavors. No, I don't have anything right now, but I drank some coffee
3: earlier, just plain. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I needed my little kick-me-up. Yeah, Um, for sure. All right, so let's get into baseball. Um, How many games are we? Let's see. I think we're like
1: seven or eight games in
3: angels are playing right now anyways it's in the 10th yeah 10th yeah four to four um yeah it's been interesting um definitely not the same um let me ask you this how do you uh how do you feel about the crowd noises the fake crowd noises
1: honestly when i was watching it it felt like i was watching a game like even the like cutouts in the back like they started to like kind of blend in and i was like Am I actually watching a game right now with like all the sounds and stuff? Um, I would rather hear like nothing, because there's just there's nobody there. Like just hear the bait you know, the bat crack and hear right? you know, all their chatter and stuff. You'd have to do a lot of censoring, but
3: <laughs> There's there's something about like I played high school ball and when there was like not really a cl- crowd, there's just, you know, co- the coaches, the players, and like a few family. It's cool. You hear all yeah. the sounds of the crowd I and mean, it's a big stadium It kind of gets mixed into the sound of the crowd. But I like, I, I, I get it. Yeah. And I think it should have been an experiment and they should have pff, fu- Yeah. I don't like it. It's really annoying. Someone, like in a kind of audio background of myself too. It just, it's just like this annoying white noise. Now it's not a regular crowd noise. Yeah. Cause it's, there's not the, the waves of the sounds, you know, like when someone hits a ball, regardless of everyone knows, it's like a, a fly out. Everyone goes, Oh, you know, and there's none of that. It's really, yeah. Weird.
1: It's just but screaming and yelling. <laughs>
3: have, have you seen the, speaking of cutouts, have you seen, um, what they've been like CGIing the crowds in? they have? Yeah. That's I think, I think too. angels, I think there was an angel game, but I don't think it was Fox sports West. I think it might've been ESPN, but there's a few teams that have been like, yeah, super imposing like footage of real crowds into the crowd stands. But it's, it's really weird because when like, Aaron Judge hits a home like deep home run into like left field. What you're expecting to see and, and the cameras, you know, following the ball yeah. into the stands. We're expecting to see is all the fans stand up and then like the specific spot where the ball is going to land like that area explodes with people. But now it's just like CGI. People just sitting there drinking their beers and, and then it, the ball disappears. You're like, oh, <laughs> wait, was it a home run? I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah. I, I think it's cool that it's an empty stadium like how often are you gonna get that it's you know let the ball ricochet it's definitely everywhere
1: definitely unique yeah for sure
3: I've been seeing a lot of ball home run balls funny enough when they'll hit kind of in the out outfield st- like stands they bounce back right back into the field
1: yeah
3: <laughs> not a lot of them stay in the in the stands too often that's kind of funny because the crowd usually crowds there to like suck it in you know
1: yeah um, yeah, but so it's, just, go ahead. It's been fun. It's b- been an interesting, you know, experience. I haven't been able to watch a lot of games cause I just don't have, you know, the ability, even if it's streaming, sometimes it's not that great.
3: Um, but luckily you get I've a lot seen, of clips. Instagram is basically yeah. uh, ESPN now. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Especially, you know, I'll give another shout out to an uh, unofficial sponsor. Uh, they, I think they 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 have multiple podcasts. John Boy. do you watch John Boy?
1: Oh, I yeah, I follow. follow. If
3: you're a, if you're a baseball fan, or I think you're a sports fan in general, but if you're specifically a baseball fan, check out John J O M B O Y. They're they're a real fun. I've been following them for a while now, and um, they. They don't do like full game breakdowns. I think they probably have, but um, they do these short little sweet like YouTube or Instagram, Facebook clips of like a certain moment in a game, which yeah. I like. And then really break it down. The guy reads the lips of the managers and the umpires and the players, and you really understand. And sometimes he gets them. He he finds the clips and the audio of like the on-field stuff, and you can hear these guys. What the fuck are you saying, motherfucker? You, know, you really hear them, and um, it he rewinds and just shows the fun side and and serious side of baseball. He, he you know, I think they. They have a fun time with it, but it's, there's also like, if you're a true baseball fan, I think you have like, there's like this respect kind of thing. It's kind of a gentleman's kind of sport. Do you you feel that at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's
3: at least in the major league type team sports, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, obviously golf is very gentleman like too, but,
1: but it's it's like a game of like brain thinking and
3: brains and just all like, and we probably lost a lot of listeners from the title of this podcast. (laughs) It's going to say like baseball, whatever. Um, and I get it. I, when people tell me like baseball's boring, I go, yeah, it, it is, but it's so is chess. And that's kind of how this is with lots of players. It's not just two people playing chess. It's like 18, nine. Well, let's say like nine (laughs) times, nine, like nine, nine plus nine plus the managers. Like just, it's like, well, it's like, 25, 25 players against 25 players, you know, playing chess, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, but so it's yeah.
1: interesting start to the season.
3: <laughs> Today's the 10th game for the Angels. I looked it up. Um, nice. three and nine, which isn't great. Yeah, it's pretty um, bad. Yeah. And then also, yeah, there's sort of some COVID stuff coming up. Um, the Phil, uh, well, the Marlins were the first ones that came out and they had to, uh, suspend postponed a bunch of games and then then it was uh who was it after that well then the cardinals but then there was another team that that got covid um, i forget i don't know COVID Good question. but it's you know i was really worried at the beginning of the season that you know I think they should just wait until next year. Let baseball yeah. or, uh, football and basketball and hockey be the experiment. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Cause now everybody's going to get sick. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Cause um, each like teams are just starting to pop up.
3: You know what I mean? And it's so hard to keep track. Like it's not just 25 players and coaches. It's like, a team of people, the drivers and the hotel people and the people that fly them. And, you know, there's the people at the stadium and yeah, it's, it's going to be really hard to figure all that out. Um, I got news today that we got news the other, well yesterday that Mike Trout had his new baby boy. Yeah. Um, what was his first name? I forget his name. I know the initials is bat. (laughs) <laughs> Bat. Yeah, it's something Aaron Trout. Oh, God damn it. I oh, forget. Beckham. Beckham. Beckham, that's right. And um, I don't know if it's under for uh, Beckham, the soccer player. But it's
1: funny because it's like Beckham is one of the you know greatest soccer players in the game. Or like at one point, and then
3: Trout is <laughs> probably the greatest player in the game. There it is. Um, but yeah, news today is he's coming back. Yeah. I thought I thought for sure with the news of the of like those three teams that got uh, some players and coaches tested or uh, tested positive that this could be a perfect excuse for him to not come back because he yeah. was already on the fence about it. Um But like I said before, it's you know, Trout and his and his wife should have planned this baby better. Like regardless <laughs> regardless if COVID happened August would have been like crunch time for the angels in a regular season to get to the playoffs. And yeah. then he'd have to go for a few days and take care of this baby. Have your kid in the off season. You know, what? for sure for any sport, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Regardless. Um, yeah. So uh, what else has been going on in baseball? I just, Anything? I really like the Joe
1: Kelly deal. Mm. Like I, I, I'm a huge yeah. Joe Kelly fan now. <laughs> Me too. He's my least
3: I hate him. I hate him the least on the Dodgers. I
1: have to admit, I did buy a DOS bootleg shirt of him. You got the one of him sticking his tongue out? Yes, I love it. That's pretty good. It's like he's not only making a statement for like the Dodgers. It's like the whole, like, I felt like he was a spokesperson for what everybody wanted to say to the Astros.
3: Yeah, he's been pretty vocal about um, the Astros cheating and... um, even he's he's so let's break it down a little bit. Um I mean and here's another thing, go watch out on John Boy. It's go on YouTube John Boy Dodgers Astros and they have a fun little breakdown of of the stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um but basically so wait, um I kept hearing that Joe Kelly hadn't hit anybody. He he didn't hit Was it was it another pitcher because I know someone got hit in that game, though. Was it the starting pitcher, then?
1: I think it was, because he okay, threw a ball sense. at him, and he missed, of course. But and that one, guy one
3: Astro did get hit beginning yeah. of the game, and then...
1: Uh because they cheated and to get to the World Series and like oh yeah if anyone doesn't know super <laughs> that super <laughs> not cool the Astros
3: fucking cheated and didn't get punished for it only the At coaches all. the coaches and then Joe Kelly's did.
1: getting got suspended for eight games so let's talk
3: about that <laughs> you know that's an eight game suspension and a sixty game season it's if you huge. compare that to a hundred sixty two game season that's like twenty game suspension that's yeah f- for not hitting anybody. That's ridiculous. And then he these guys a, he made a
1: face. He he's he, no, he said, nice swing, bitch. And then Which? he because <laughs> he struck the guy out. It was and he's a, like, it that was easy. E-. Pretty shitty swing. He <laughs> said that was he was like, that was easy. That was fucking easy or something. And then he said, nice swing, bitch. And then he started to walk off and made was, this like face. It was Springer, at, wasn't it, right? It was Korea, I think, right? I think Korea I think it was Koreas, got brushed Koreas off. Or
3: whatever. I think Korea got brushed off earlier, and then Springer is the one that got pissed. Yeah, and earlier in the game, he hit a home run. It wasn't off. I don't think it was off Kelly. I think it was in the second uh, yeah. home, run, second inning. So, I mean, <laughs> nice swing, he should have said he, his comeback should have been like, "Well, I hit a home run earlier." So, I mean, f- fuck you, Kelly. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, but. But yeah, he went at,
1: they the benches cleared and it for was for no big reason. Deal. You know, it's like somebody no- got COVID
3: there. <laughs> as much as I am a pitcher and I root for the pitchers, bullpen pitchers need to chill out with the yeah. storming on the field. It's so pointless. You're just getting mm. stupid cardio in for no reason. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it was it was it's funny and like the faces he made were like oh, super yeah. like childish but funny. Like he stuck his tongue out and like yeah kind of deal i thought it was hilarious yeah and so he's
3: fighting his suspension which means um appeal that's the word he was appealing it and if you appeal it you can still play yeah until they figure out the actual judgment which i think is a funny little loophole (laughs) yeah stupid astros whatever
1: but i loved it enough to go on DOS bootleg and buy a shirt
3: so (laughs) i'm i'm a little a little perturbed just a little bit like a third perturb one, one third i'm good is you're supporting dos bootleg which i'm, mm-hmm. I'm rocking today I'm, I'm rocking uh sandlot the sandlot boys on my my shirt which i think are going to be mentioned later yes Corey. um and i do love the fact of the astros being taunted and being thrown at but it is a picture of a dodger i don't you okay like the dodgers that?
1: but I am okay with wearing it because I feel like he was I think it's a common
3: middle ground where Angel like and Dodger fans we can hold hands and go Kumbaya, <laughs> hit the Astros, Kumbaya, hit the Astros. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's only the 2018 Astros. I'm I'm sure there's I'm sure there's other players that have come in, coming back, but it's the Altuves, the Correas, the Springers, the uh what's the little white guy um I don't I did, know. I forgot his, his name. Berg, Berger Bell. No, it's not Bellinger. It's a little white guy in the Astros. And mm-hmm. Verlander. Hey, man. I think he's he left, didn't he? Or is he still on? Uh, I don't the think Astros.
1: he's on the uh, the Astros anymore. All the is players
3: he? that left the Astros, we can't forget those fuckers either. Though. Yeah, like sure. they were all compliant. It's stupid to think that they. Um, Ooh. They didn't know.
1: They knew five five
3: now in the tenth.
1: Ooh, I saw that they went up five four and then. But anyway, that hopefully they win today to kind of continue yeah. the onslaught. But
3: we'll see, man. I I have a feeling about. I already had a bad feeling before the start of the season that yeah. it was gonna go well. But now with these exposures to a few teams, I don't think they're gonna make it to the playoffs. No, I don't think so. Either. How are those teams gonna be able to make up those games and stuff? You know. <laughs> And And have it it be fair, fair, yeah. I don't. And now, and then they even right when the season started, they expanded the new playoffs even further. I forget how they did it, but it was stupid. But they made them even more games.
1: It's ridiculous. I, I,
3: I I am as much as I love baseball, I think MLB is just awful. I was really (laughs) excited about the new commissioner Rob Manfred or Man, yeah, Manfred, right? Yeah, I think so. um, I was excited about him because, uh, what was the guy before him? Um, Bug Seelig. Oh yeah. Bug Seelig, you know, was terrible at the steroid era and I thought, okay, we got some new blood, but this new Rob guy, man, he's ruining the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, it's, it's just good.
1: It's not a, it's not a good time to be playing like collective sports like that. It's dangerous,
3: you know? Is it worth it to have the normal in our life? Like, it's nice to yeah. turn on my TV at 1 p.m. on a Sunday and crack open a beer and actually watch the Angels. But at what cost? Yeah, you know what some I mean? of the
1: best players could get sick. You know what I mean? Like, you're putting those people out. Not that that's my main concern, but, yeah, you know, it sucks.
3: Um, but... I mean, Mike Trout had a baby. That's some yeah, positive. That is cool. I, my, my cousin Ashley was telling me that um, Beckham is already on baseballreference.com. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so the Angels better sign him before yeah, his Before first anybody birthday. else. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's up? Anything else, baseball? I'm thinking um, it's about it. Yeah, COVID, fuck the Astros, yeah. and the Angels are doing shit. So, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> All right. But, uh you wanna get into Brampton Zone? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You um, wanna set it up a little bit? Or, or, you know, let me set it up a little bit. Yeah. I have a little, have a little connection. connection to this movie yeah. Of my speaking of my cousin Ashley, her husband, Kevin, has a cousin Brad who who's a uh, film editor, Brad mm-hmm. uh, M- McCullen. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, awesome dude. Hung out with him a bunch of times. A um, little fun fact about him. He was an editor on The Force Awakens. No big deal. Um, and, is you know, he's done a bunch. He's done like some. Uh, here, let me bring his up. Let me see what his IMDb is. He probably hates that I'm doing this, but because eventually I want to have him on too. Um, but yeah, Brampton Zone. It's uh, oh, there's a new window. Oops. Uh, it's from 2018, um, <clears throat> written and directed by Michael Donaguer, um, I guess. Doniger, uh starring Don- Alex Russell, Rose McCulliver, and Jean- what's that?
1: Oh, what? no, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't say anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alex <laughs> Russell, Rose McCulliver. <laughs> McC- wait, how do you do that one? Rose McClaver, McC- McCleaver, McCleaver, and John Smart. It's um, so basically <clears throat> follows a minor league baseball player, um, who's been in the system for 12 years. He's a catcher, doesn't really get his break um, and has to basically come back home and deal with real life and reality of yeah. maybe this isn't going to work out. Um, hold on a second. Now my internet is being weird, but my Zoom is working, but oh, okay. Yeah, there we go, hey, IMDB. Go. <laughs> that was weird. I was like, I mean, I can hear my uh, my co-host over there. There he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad McCullen. All right. So he, yeah, he's done. Let's see here. Editor. Who he's in post production in three different movies. Nice. Um, Everlasting, The Escort, The Open House, The Passing Parade, Brampton Zone. Um, wait, where's Force Oh, is he like for edit? Okay. Oh, what? What? Dude, he was a um, edit, uh, associate editor on Palm Springs.
1: Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, I, love that. little, I didn't know
3: that. that was, I'd love to talk to him about that. He was on Alpha Dog too. That'd be really cool to talk to him about. Um, Uh, and and then he was a assistant editor on the uh, force awakens. So yeah, I'd love to have him on. So anyways, he edited this movie and he hit up, um, my cousin, Ashley and her husband, Kevin, and we're like, Hey, we're going to do a test screening for this movie I edited on and you want to come down for a free screening and let us know what you think. So I got invited to, and so we went down to LA, I forget the theater, but it was somewhere downtown and, um, where was it downtown? I don't know. Well, whatever. Anyways, so we watched it and it, it was pretty rough. There was a few um, like in between scenes. There's in the final cut that Corey and I watched, there's these nice like kind of drone shots over to some cities and some yeah. like really nice sunset shots that kind of, you know, separate the, the scenes, you know, kind of move the story along. And when we watched it, some of those weren't there. It was like the music was there, but there was like these like stuff. <laughs> Uh, cutouts to saying, you know, drone footage goes here, you know, stock footage yeah. goes here. And so, um, so we didn't see the full thing. Uh, I think some of the color was off on some of the scenes possibly. And we gave our honest opinion. I've, I, have you ever done that before? You ever done like a test screening on anything like that at a movie theater?
1: Um, I have not. I, I tried to do it once, but they cut off the line before we were, there. Uh. you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it was for a, Zombieland 2 or Zombieland or something. Oh. my yeah. cousin
3: Ashley did one, you know, because of like the, the guys at the mall that will come up to you, hey, you want to see a free movie? Yeah. And you're like, oh, a free movie, but it, sometimes it's not even like a full movie. Yeah. Like my cousin Ashley went to one and she did it. She knew it was a Spider Man movie, but it just, she didn't know what it was because it was like half done. And it turned out to be the the new one the animated one what was that one called oh uh yeah universe the, um, spider spider into the yeah, spider It turned yeah. out to be it was that one and it was like three or five years before it actually came out she like That's forgot crazy. about it but then saw the trailers and was like wait i know this for some reason and it dawned on her i saw um, that yeah so it's kind of fun to do test screenings and tell them you know they gave us all these piece of papers and we told them our honest truth about it um and then uh fast forward now. Um I hadn't I actually hadn't seen the final thing Yeah. and Corey and I were talking about doing a baseball episode and I was like, "Whoa, Brampton Zone. I haven't actually seen the final final thing." So uh it's it's streaming on Amazon for free. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's on there.
1: It's also uh, on oh what's it called? Like uh what's that stupid app called that I always forget?
3: Fubu or something like that?
1: Uh, something like that. It's Roku. This- Something, ooh. something yeah it's like a it's <laughs> one that has free movies but it has ads so oh. you watch it so i just moved over to that when amazon wasn't working thanks right Bezos.
3: you were having some trouble um, earlier right yeah
1: um but we'll see yeah i watched it on there um Tubi. To be, that's it, yes.
3: Shout out to justwatch.com for anybody that wants to find out where a movie, like, if you figure out, oh, I want to watch, you know, Brampton Zone. where do I go to watch it? You type it in Just Watch, and it'll tell you yeah, where you can do it for stream-free, but then also where you can rent it, because it's not always, not every movie is rentable, you know, mm-hmm. weirdly enough.
0: Um,
3: so, so, Corey, what'd you think? Without, you know, giving uh, too much away, what'd you think about this okay, movie? And I'm
1: not I, <laughs> I'm going to be a little be a, harsh. Hey, yeah, you know what? I think I have nothing. I'll get into the editing and like stuff in cinematography. I'll get into that under <laughs> cinematography. But like the sound, um, I could not stand the soundtrack for this. Like, really soft, like almost and if you're not in like the christian world like worshipy sounding music like acoustic guitar countryish kind of sounding songs um that are like all heartfelt like to me it made this movie almost resemble like one of those christian movies that like have you heard of those like God's not dead and all those like like really corny like christian movies in the middle movies? of the movie
3: um, well, we preface this by saying, because if Brad does come on the show, he might listen to this episode. Yeah, and I want to say, Brad, sure. I love you. Um, but I think you would also agree that this movie isn't amazing. It's not. Yeah. It's, not it's not The Force Awakens. OK, let's no. just say, preface this by yeah, saying that. For sure. uh, but in the middle of the movie, Nana... I was watching it with my Nana and my aunt Linda and Nana turns to us. She's like, is this like a Hallmark movie? Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> and that's probably the a better vibe. way. Yeah. yeah not, not, it's not lifetime bad, but yeah. I could see it maybe on like Hallmark. Yeah. And <laughs>
1: so like the sound, I did not like, like the music. I just, I, it, something bugged me about it. It just felt too like country, like love story. I don't know.
3: What's but, funny is the day before we watched Patriots day. Yeah. With, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg and it's a Peter Berg movie Yeah, and he's also done Friday night lights. And yeah. if you've never seen Friday night lights, great sports movie. Um, uh, damn it. What's the name? Explosions in the sky. Yeah. Did oh, the man. soundtrack. Super good. And that's another amazing band. Um, I don't like a lot of bands that don't like have vocals, like instrumental yeah. bands, but explosions in the sky is fucking tight. If you want to just put that in the background at a party, it, it super it's super chill. Um, but it, it went great with the movie. And I think ever since then, Peter Berg is like, Ooh, I like this band and I'm going to steal their sound. And it, in Patriots day, it was very prominent, like these guitars, yeah. ambient, you know, a little bit of drums. It was very explosions of the sky, but I don't know if they did it or not. And I kind of got that vibe in this movie. I was like, I think the director was kind of going for like a Friday night lights vibe. Yeah. A little bit in this, which is a, hey, t- t- you know, props to him. Cause that's a great movie to like reference to. Yeah. But I get it. It was a little, it was a little mudge.
1: And then there's cinematography. I thought the cinematography was good, actually. Yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of like the, and to mention the editing, like e- everything was like cut together pretty seamlessly. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it flowed really well. Like everything about this movie should have been like, oh, this is a good movie. There were certain it's, parts where I was like, this yeah. is cool because it reminds me of how I was like, After I stopped playing baseball, like the feeling I got was just kind of like, man, like what could have been? I miss it. You know, all those things. Let's not give
3: too much spoilers away. But I think let's I'll tell you this. It's just not as much as a baseball movie. There's not. You don't ever see the main character play baseball. Yeah, ever. (laughs) Like, really, like you see him in the locker room, you see him in the batting cages. Um, So it's not so much a baseball movie, but it shows it tells a story of a side, the business side of baseball that doesn't yeah. really get been told. get doesn't really get told about these minor league players that really do end up in the minors and for stuck, yeah. tens of years. And I mean, the paychecks on like for those guys are nothing, you know, and mm-hmm. they're traveling by Bus and it's a hard life just to get a and all they're doing all they would all those years all he, all that guy wanted was just one you know day yeah in the one the, pinch maybe, of luck. and maybe he didn't even play like and that's even one thing some of these minor leaguers is just like to get there it's like one thing. yeah um, so I found that interesting yeah I, I found the sure. story you know I'm actually I gave him a low score on that I'm actually gonna a little higher. Um, when it, like the
1: actors, like I feel like the actors did a really good job with what they're given. Like he was they, kind of a dick. You know what I mean? I, yeah, he was. At I, times, I, kind of, yeah. I
3: kind of appreciate him at some point. Him and his little brother. Those moments were kind of fun. Yeah. When they were like fucking around. I liked, I kind of wanted more of that. And him and the, uh, the local, you know, sports guy at the bar. Like I kind of more, like the Todd Packer. That's exactly who <laughs> I compared him to. Yes, I think that I think they were trying uh, David Koechner. I think they probably asked him, and they he said no, and so they were like, "All right, well, to this other guy, do yeah. David Koechner?" Yeah, basically. Um, just have I like. I like. I wanted more of the funny. Yeah, I wanted more of the funny than the romantic side. Yeah, but I get it. You know, they wanted. I feel like they were trying to teeter on this fence of. Guy movie and romantic chick flick thing and tried to find a yeah. medium ground where a couple could sit there and both enjoy it. That for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, the part that suffered the most for me was the writing. Like, the story was okay. The setting was, like, just your local small town, whatever. But, like, I, I feel like some of the lines are really awkward. Some of the things they would say, I'm like, I don't know that... That <laughs> would be something yeah. somebody would actually say in this this moment. So it took me out
3: sometimes being like, what? Like I feel like all the ladies in this movie just didn't get didn't get it. Yeah. They didn't understand um the aspect of this guy wanting to follow this dream and the sacrifices that come with it and yeah you know what sometimes um i don't know exact many months of the year that these baseball players take you know but yeah you know half time of the year yeah he's gone that's his job like so that happens Mm -hmm. with crab fishermen and oil tanker you know like that happens with a lot of other jobs like chill the fuck out is the paycheck coming in then you know don't worry but i don't know i didn't like that the mom was like kind of cool yeah she kind of threw in the dad dying in like as an excuse a lot and his sister was kind of a bitch about it and and she reminded
1: they, me of karen from the office kind of remind, like she reminded
3: me a little bit of dexter's uh sister oh yeah deb yeah deb, sure. thank you i can remember her name um yeah and she I, I liked her too but she was a little bit much but yeah, I, don't, I feel like this was there was a lot of potential for like a kind of interesting, maybe like Moneyball type movie where yeah. it's not a lot of baseball. I think maybe if they played more baseball in it, it would have been made a little better. But because it's interesting story. But yeah, uh, what would you give it?
1: I um, overall gave it a 66 close to a 70. Um, I didn't think it's not the worst movie I've seen. And it isn't like a bad movie. I could probably watch it again, just like to you know, like with yeah, Liz it's a or good whatever. Free Amazon movie, yeah, for sure. And like nothing about it was terrible, so it's it's definitely worth a watch if you like baseball and stuff like. And you want to watch like a romantic kind of comedy ish sort of yeah. thing too. It's not comedy, comments. but it has some comedy in it.
3: Uh, I I was a little bit more brutal. I gave it a fifty-one, mm. but you know, on the screen scale, it's not terrible though. Yeah. I I think this we were were talking a few episodes back about this kind of fine line of what maybe the number might be to convince people to watch a movie. I think we were talking like 70, but, you know, if you add a movies and you like baseball and you got your chick on the couch. Hey, babe, I got this movie, Brampton (laughs) Zone. It's a romantic comedy about baseball, and I'm pretty sure she'd like it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's the pitch for this movie. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So. All right. Anything else on Brampton Zone? Oh, you no, know what?
1: No.
3: I have, I have one little thing. I want to talk about Brenton's own. I'll make it quick. Cause it's a, another weird small world thing. So I get invited to that movie premiere, right? Yeah. That my cousin, Ashley and Kevin. Um, so rewind a little bit. I'm on this show called what would Diplo do? And it's a TV show and it's probably streaming somewhere. It's about the DJ Dup, Diplo. It's kind of fun. It was like summer camp. One of the best experiences of my life. Anyways, Fat, uh, long story short, I was in charge of the walkies and I've never done something that big before. I kind of thrown into it. And last day of shooting uh, or the, the day after shooting, um, we we're wrapping everything up. I was like six, 10 walkie short and that's not good. Cause they're not cheap. Yeah. They're like three, four or 500. I mean, d- depends on where the rental is. They can charge wherever you want. That's like the, you know, trying to get you to return them. We're going to charge you this much if you you don't return them kind of thing. Yeah. And I got yelled out by these two like line producers. I don't remember what their title was named Mark. It was mostly Mark and Matt was there, but Mark was a fucking asshole. And I don't mind saying this because I don't, I don't want to work with him ever again anyways. Um, he was calling me out saying, I was told when we hired you that you were the all and be all walkie talkie person and you've lost this many. And this is unacceptable. and It's going to cost us thousands of dollars. And I, I stopped. I was like, first off, I'd never done this many walkie talkies before. So whoever told you that that is not my fault. I don't know who told you that. Second, here's my Amex. I'll throw, I'll, pay for it i don't want it. i just want this thing to be over with if this is my fault then i will take full responsibility like i don't want it to be yelled at anymore this is fucking stupid you know i'm a team player and he's like no we'll take care of it just get out of here and i was like all right well cool fuck you too i wasn't mean to him i was trying yeah. to as play as possible but now i don't mind saying fuck you so fast forward maybe a couple months later i'm talking to someone else that worked on the show that's kind of high up. I won't mention names. And they they told I was telling them this this exact story how I was getting yelled at about all this stuff. Yeah. And they're like, what do you wait? What? Like walkies missing. Uh, No, I, I think Mark, he found them all. Turns out that motherfucker had the missing walkie talkies in the back of his car that Man. whole time and <laughs> didn't realize it and then didn't have the balls to call me up and tell me like, hey, I'm sorry. I had the walkies the whole time. Don't fret like nothing. No. Fuck that guy. Fast forward to Brampton's own uh, (laughs) test screening. I literally walk into this little lobby and the first fucking person standing there is that Mark guy. Turns out he's one of the producers and so is the Matt guy on this movie. That we got invited to by you know another person. It's just a small world, yeah. And we locked eyes, and it was just like uh, we kind of like both had to be like cordial, like hey man, good to see you. It's a funny world, like what are you doing here? I know Brad. All right, all right, enjoy the movie. And when I was walking into the theater, under my breath, I kind of wanted him to hear it. I don't know if he heard it or not, but I was just like fucking asshole. Yeah. But I didn't care. Cause he still didn't have the balls of like, hey, funny story. I'd never told you. We found those walk like that was his opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. S- still didn't do it. So sorry. I still have a grudge.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean well, when people put blame on you and then don't take you But know, I'll give
3: this to Bark. I'll give this to him. Ever since then, I have been a complete Nazi when it comes if I'm in charge of walkie talkies, I know everything there is. So he really yeah. did put like a scare in me <laughs> about I haven't really I lo- I don't think I've lost maybe like one, but it might not have been my fault. But you know, like I have a good track record since then, that makes yeah, sense. So absolutely. All right. All right, let's move on. What are we doing next, Corey?
1: Oh, yeah. We are talking about our top three baseball movies and players. Um, So I want to start start with just movies because I think, you know, since since it'll take more time to talk about the players, we'll save that. But yeah,
3: we have a few clips, too. It might be kind of a longer episode, but
1: yeah. So um, my number three is rookie of the year. It came out in 1993. Okay, and it was directed by Daniel Stern. Now, wait, this, Daniel Stern directed this? Yes, it was directed by Daniel Stern. I
3: didn't know that. Sorry. Continue. However,
1: if oh. you don't know Daniel Stern, he's the robber in Home Alone, the the curly hair, uh, bushwhacked, hairy, underrated was, movie. Yeah. So, um, I, this isn't because this movie is like this amazing you know, production or comedy or whatever, but Uh it is one I have fond memories of growing up, I'd watch it like all the time during the summer. Um, it was kind of one of those summer movies for me. Um, it's a story. If you haven't seen rookie of the year, it's a story of a kid who like loves baseball. He's a huge baseball fan, but he sucks. And then, (laughs) um, one day he, uh, trips over a baseball, and like breaks his arm and when it heals it heals in a way where he's able to now throw like a major leaguer like at super high velocity even probably even harder um and the entire movie is just him you know being a little jackass in the dugout with a bunch of like older baseball players and uh what's his name um gary Busey's in it oh and yeah. gary Busey plays like the Rocket. guy that's trying to get in at his Jet mom and Rocket stuff. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Garden hoser. Yeah. <laughs> Garden yeah. hoser. Yeah, the, the, the manager. Isn't that
3: Portier? Isn't that I, someone I, famous?
1: Um, oh, I don't know his name.
3: Where is it? I'm looking um, at the... Hold on.
1: But i do know that yeah, every time he says Her- henry's name last name he calls him something different and one of the ones i remember is always garden hoser warm
3: up you're <laughs> yeah, going it was never and then i think i think like the, the redeeming thing is like at the end he finally gets his name right or something right doesn't yeah he? yeah and he like it's it's a
1: charming movie it's good um I, I can't say it's like amazing because it's not. And it's a bit dated. I watched it more recently. Albert like, Hall.
3: That's the coach. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of uh, Sidney Poitier a little bit. I oh, yeah, a, yeah.
1: Oh, that guy's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But go, going back, like I showed it to my kids in class um, one you? day when we had a free day because I like showing baseball yeah. movies. I'm like, I'm a huge baseball fan. So check it out. And they thought it was funny, but yeah. they were like, it's kind of dumb. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how all 90s movies were. kind of goofy.
3: <laughs> Super goofy yeah. and dumb. Um, but that's my number three. Uh, You know what? I'm glad that was your number three because my, I was thinking about that one. And there's another movie kind of volcano. Uh, What's the. Oh, I know what it is. I, I can I guess no one second I want to do this comparison okay. of of <laughs> studios that will do you know what's the Mount Saint Helen what well, no, Dante's Helen. Peak. Dante's peak and volcano and uh what's what's another comparison of that um Oh, um, like there's an Independence
1: Day. Wasn't there another alien like Mars attacks Probably, Independence yeah, be, Day kind of people do. know what I'm talking
3: about? That one studio will put something out, and the other studio will go, "Oh, it's a good idea. We're gonna copy that." It's so, like
1: it's the flavor of that season. Like this, this would have been like baseball. Like movies were coming out at, in yeah. this year.
3: Yeah. Uh, but by the way, budget on rookie of the year, ten million and it made fifty six million. So dude, that's pretty good. Back then, it right came back out then that's pretty you came yeah, out in ninety-three, so So yeah. and then ninety-four, guess who comes out? Little Big Lee. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um that so that's my number three. Uh when I compare the two two, uh, I as much as they are silly, like yeah, is, it's a ridiculous concept. Little big league is a little bit more like grounded a little bit. Like yeah. he's not this ridiculous player, he's a manager. He takes over the Minnesota Twins because his grandfather uh passes away. Spoiler alert. Um uh but yeah. Little big lead, 2000, uh two thousand four nineteen uh, ninety-four, uh directed by Andrew Scheidman, um, starring Luke Edwards, and that's the lead guy. I don't think there's anybody in here you would recognize there's probably like some smaller characters you would go, Oh, I know that guy from yeah. like Law and Order or something, you know. Um but yeah, he takes over the uh the team and starts managing them. And he's but for like a twelve year old, he knows baseball really well because he was taught by his uh grandfather. Um, one thing I did like about this movie is it had real players in it, and I didn't realize Rookie of the Year has a few itself too. It has uh, Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, and Pedro Guerrero. But they don't uh,
1: do they mention the names? I think it's just real quick. Yeah, it's like a big
3: on this movie. It's a big deal. Like yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. You know, it was just like a rookie of the year. It's like a montage of him just like kicking ass all season, and it's a montage of like him striking out Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla, because um, the bad guy on that one's like a fake player that plays yeah. for like the, the Yankees or something. I don't remember, uh, or the White Sox, right? Or no, wait, what team are they? Who's the bad guy in rookie? Of the, what team is the bad team in rookie of the year?
1: Um, the no, the Cubs no. is the team he's on. Yeah. Oh shoot, I don't know the Giants. Is it? I don't remember.
3: Mets? Um,
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mets. Mets.
3: Yeah, because I was thinking it's National League. It can't be the Cubs or or the White Sox or Yankees. But uh, in this one, the bad guy is Ken Griffey Jr. And this is Prime Jr. I mean, this is like he was the Mike Trout, the Jordan of that time of baseball. And so he, as a kid, I was afraid of Ken Griffey Jr. Like, fuck, I I don't like the Twins, but, man, he's scary. And um uh, who else is on and then there's a way more on this one than um, Rookie of the Year we got uh, Griffey Jr Lou Piniella uh, Ivan Rodriguez in there San- he's another one that they're like afraid of because he's like the scary catcher yeah. Sandy Alomar Jr um, Randy Johnson he's another scary guy uh, yeah because he's on yeah that's the whole thing with the Mariners because San- they have Griffey and fucking Sandy uh, Randy Alomar Johnson. is
1: Roberto Alomar's is like
3: son right or something like that brother 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 yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, there's a bunch of Alomar's. I think there's even more now. Yeah, uh, Wally Joyner makes an appearance. Paul O'Neill, Rafael Primero, uh, oh, man. Tim Palmeiro, Raines. I remember him. Yeah, so this was like a stock full of like players of the day, which was kind of yeah. fun. Fun to see. Um, so yeah, little big league. Not much more to that. Um, wait, it made it was what was the budget? It made 12 million, so it made more than Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah. But I mean... Oh, no, never mind. No, I'm sorry. This was... No. Rookie of the Year made 56. Wait, this is interesting. Rookie of the Year on Wikipedia has a different number than on IMDb. Interesting. Huh. So who... I don't know who's right. Sorry. Number two. Go for it. Two
1: would be Moneyball. Um, Interesting. Okay. And that was 2011. Uh, Bennett Miller is the director. I don't know what else he's done. Um, and it was written by Aaron Sorkin, um, really well, this movie is an example of like what good writing can do for a movie. Cause like, although it's not super like full of action or anything like that, um, the writing is just on point and like the, it kept my interest the entire time, um, has a lot to do with like the Oakland A's and what was the, what was the coach's name? I forget his name. Um, um but he, who Art, Brad How, Howe. Yeah, Brad Pitt plays Oh no, him. no no
3: we'll, No, Brad Pitt plays the GM, Billy Bean.
1: Oh yeah, and General so, Manager. Uh, um it has a lot to do with statistics and like how um the A's at that time um chose to play the game of statistics and it's like I don't know. It gave me like an appreciation for numbers and baseball even more um, than I had. Yeah, it's definitely a more
3: behind the scenes. It's more behind this. Like I think it's. Uh, Brand, speaking of Brandon Doan, um, I think he was taking off like Friday Night Lights and a little bit of Moneyball because this is like a behind the scenes kind of look at baseball that no yeah. one had really like looked at before. there's, but I, there's actual baseball in this, which I yeah. like.
1: <laughs> and I, and it, Jonah Hill does a hell of a job. Jonah mm. Hill's in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He does a hell of a job in this one too. Just like really, really good. Um, yeah. Basically, plays almost the same character he does in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, right? Well, a little, t-
3: little less toned <laughs> down. He's like the brain. He's the brains. Brad. Pitt, so Brad Pitt. If people don't know, a general manager versus like a coach. The general manager is the ones that really goes out and figures out the contracts and the yeah. trades and build and figures out what the team needs and doesn't and builds the teams. But you know, talks to the coach. You know, obviously, it's like a give and take, and. But the coach actually manages them when they get on the field. And Jonah Hill plays like the assistant to Brad Pitt. And he's it's in a newer time where, you know, baseball is all statistics. I think it's it's, I think it's a, a lot of math nerds might like baseball because it's compared to other sports. I mean, other sports have statistics, obviously, football and basketball and hockey, all every sport has it. but baseball it's like really like one of the top things about about it and their whole thing was does the player get on base does it get on base and that's all that matters because if if someone's on base that's a potential run kind of thing Um, and
1: I I, yeah it just it's a really good one like even if you're not into baseball it gives you like kind of the idea of what happens behind the scenes like you said and Gives you kind of an appreciation. So I, uh, money ball
3: is my two. Yeah. And then a early, early role for Chris Pratt plays Scott Hatterberg. Crucial oh, home yeah. run. Uh, other fun, fun side note to that. So spoiler alert, you know, they have a great season in 2002 and win all these games and finally make it to the playoffs. But unfortunately, they kind of fizzle out in the playoffs. Guess who wins the World Series that year? Oh, the Angels. Yes. (laughs) So that's kind of a fun thing on top of that as an Angel fan. You're like, because, you know, not only did the Angels win the whole thing, but it was as a as a baseball fan as much as i hate boston the yankees and even teams in my league i root for good baseball you know yeah if my trout hits a liner in the outfield and the guy makes a leaping catch that you know no one can really make i can't get mad at that guy yeah. like i just made an amazing catch like for, for a sure. home run so that's i think that's how you should approach baseball and everyone should hate umpires so there you go <clears throat> anything else about Moneyball what else you got
1: no it's about it I I think it's it's just it was one of the more like serious well acted well written um, baseball movies that I've seen six Academy Award nominations I don't think they won though one day a baseball movie will win
3: (laughs) All right, I'm gonna kind of cheat on my number two because I'm gonna do three movies for now my number two but I'll have a definitive number one in those three, if that makes sense. Yeah. The major league franchise. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's so great. I think they're hilarious. It's, it's fun. Um, They're over the top, but also are still kind of, quote unquote, grounded in the world of baseball. And it's not slapstick. It's not like airplane on the field, but it's over the top and um, but it the the only things I really don't like about the movies is the big crucial game at the very end you know where they all win it. it's never like the World Series it's always like a, a game to like get into the playoffs or the first you know uh stage of the playoffs it's like why are you guys freaking out this much for you guys didn't even win the world series yeah um so i'm not a big fan of that but so we got the first one uh which came out in 89 um which i think that one's rated r and then the number two second one which came out in 94 uh that one's rated pg-13 because they wanted to like expand the uh the crowd a little bit doesn't. I uh, Wikipedia doesn't tell me the uh, the rating on it. Hmm. Weird. Um, and then there's a third one. Um, not not many people probably know about this, but '98 they came out with a uh, major league back to the minors. Yeah, I remember. And it's more. That. It's and it's a more independent movie. I think. Yeah, the budget's only eighteen million, and it only made three million. Um, oh man. Um, I like. Out of all of them, I think I like the second one the best um, for some reason. I think they just, they, as much as I would appreciate it if it was more uh, R rated and threw out some more uh, curse words and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the first one is a classic. I mean, it's so it's good. So good. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame that, I mean, at least in the last few years, they've gotten better, but Cleveland is kind of notorious of being like a kind of a bad team, which is (laughs) kind of sad. But um, yeah, all three, league of their own. If you're a baseball fan, go watch those. Super good. Um, All right. My number one is
1: probably predictable, but it's the Sandlot. Um, 1993. Again, the like <laughs> seems like the year or nineties loved baseball. Baseball, yeah. yeah. It was co written, directed, and narrated by David Mickey Evans. So the guy who did the narration is the director and the wow. co writer.
3: Yeah. Wow, it was, well, was really loud. Sorry. Wow, didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. David Stern and this guy. Wow.
1: And so, um so the sandlot's great it, like I, i'm pretty sure most people have seen it it's just one of those movies i feel like every time i talk to somebody they know what i'm talking about when i say the sandlot you know um i'm going i'm actually going to see that that at a drive through on wednesday um drive through like yeah like a, yeah, like a drive or, or drive in sorry drive in <laughs> <Drive-in>. um <laughs> yeah right. they do like the i you're about drive-in kind of thing yeah oh that's right um, where is that at it's it's the Frida Cinema is doing it. I think it's in like Anaheim or something. Oh no, it's Santa Ana, I believe.
3: It's um, probably not a real drive-in. It's probably like a big parking lot that they're going to yeah make with one, like right? an inflatable oh, okay. like thing or whatever. And then
1: that's still so cool, know, man. Yeah, it's Sandlot holds a lot like a really special place for me, especially like growing up with baseball and playing baseball and just everything kind of coming back to baseball. I remember like most of the year I played winter ball you know summer ball all of it um, so like it kind of it, it made me f- like re- it makes me reminisce on my childhood we used to go down the street and like play in like the cul-de-sac and like you know play with like a tennis ball and bat and stuff and it's just I a really really good movie
3: in school elementary school um, they obviously wouldn't <laughs> let us bring bats to school right yeah but they let us bring gloves and like a tennis ball and so we'd play in like the uh um not dodgeball um the walls the oh um, the handball courts yeah thank you and we'd figure out a game somehow in that and we'd use our gloves as the bat nice <laughs> yeah and we'd all you know not everyone would have a glove but we'd have enough for like each team and we'd trade off and stuff and you know that's how i played too i played yeah. little league and stuff but yeah
1: yeah, and uh, like the Sandlot's kind of like more of a it, it is a baseball movie, but it's also like a coming of age like friend story. Um I wouldn't even adventures. say I mean
3: adventures. They actually they play more baseball than they do in Brampton Zone. Yeah. But it's not really a baseball movie. It's more about getting the baseball from the dog excuse me, the dog. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I mean? But That's I mean good. they do there's some play in there. So. Yeah, it's
1: a, it's definitely a good one. I, <laughs> I I if you haven't seen it, like you should
3: see it. It's a good. Yeah, what one. the hell are you doing? You're not an American. If you've never seen Sam, come on, <laughs> do it. <laughs> the scene the scene in the middle with Fourth of July and and uh, um uh, who's the piano uh, Ray Charles singing? Was it God yeah. Bless America? Uh, I mean that is America, baby. Yeah, America
1: the Beautiful or something. God shed His grace on thee. Ah, whatever
3: it is. Oh, is it that one? I don't know, yeah. It's one of those God God America songs, whatever. Yeah. That's a good one, man. Uh, do you, yeah, do you want to play a clip? You have a clip from it, right? Um,
1: yes, I do. So uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie um, involves Babe Ruth, and we'll go ahead and slap that right in here so you can check that out. Who's there?
2: Don't go pee in your pants, kid. I was here to give you. But you're. Dead? Legends never die, King.
0: But you're really him. You're the babe. The soul in the swat.
2: The king of Crash. Of crash and a hundred other dopey names. Forget about that stuff, kid. We ain't got much time. I'm here because you're in some kind of a pickle, right? Yeah. A baseball. With my John Hancock on it, went over a fence, and you can't get it back, right? Yeah, right. Then just hop over there and get it. Wait, wait.
0: I can't. Can't what?
1: I can't go into that backyard. Why not? There's a beast back there.
0: A giant gorilla dog thing that ate one kid already. Is that
2: a fact? Sit down, kid. Sit down. Let me tell you something, kid. Everybody gets one chance to do something great. Most people never take the chance, either because they're too scared or they don't recognize it when it spits on their shoes this is your big chance and you shouldn't let it go by I mean you remember when you busted the guts out of the ball the other day someone's telling you something kid and if I was you I'd listen yeah but what (laughs) you're the one with the rubber legs figure it out Henry Aaron I don't know why but can I have this kid sure yeah Wait. You're saying I should hop
1: over that fence and pickle the beast?
2: Think about that, kid. I'll see you later. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong.
1: All right, so coming back, my one of my favorite um, lines of the movie, and it's also a four-year, str- four-year strong song. Heroes get rem- remembered, legends never die. Such a such I'm a killer. You
3: if you if you hadn't mentioned it, I would
1: have. so yeah. thank you. So <laughs> it, it's it's one of my favorite lines in the the movie. You know, besides like that when I was a kid, and like oh shit when they jumped over the. The dog jumps over oh, yeah. the fence. I'm like, oh, he cussed. I'm like, or the kissing scene, the, like the the Porky's like style
3: kissing scene. The, the, f- the face of uh, uh, what's his name? The little kid. Um, uh, not squints. Not small, not small. Squints. Um, yeah. When he like
1: <laughs> look. Oh, so So good. <laughs> so good.
3: I, when I when I was in high school, ball. Um, I thought it was a really fun nickname. I was like, oh, this, everyone gave me this cool nickname because what I would do during a like up toss is someone would throw the ball up as as far as they can. And I would just look at it real quick and know where it was. And I would put my head down and close my eyes and put my hand up and I would be able to catch it like 98% of the time. And I was pretty good at it. And um, so they used to call me smalls and I was like, Oh, that's that's great. You know, I can do that. And it's a baseball movie. And then like years later, I'm like, Probably wasn't the best name for like a <laughs> high school boy, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so what's up, Smalls? Like, I didn't think, I didn't realize it, but <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's kind of the hero of the thing. Yeah, and the it's, it,
1: oh man, it's so good though. Um, and the guy that got they that made played, a sequel, play,
3: yeah, and I didn't see it, but I, I'm not don't yeah I'm people even don't watch, go watch, watch the second one. It's now yeah, I'm not even I don't even know what it's about. Don't don't try it. Cool. That's a good one, man. You it would have, it's definitely probably in my top like 5. I don't know if it's my yeah. top. It's definitely not my top 3, but it's it's up there. It's a good one. Um my number 1 kind of it's, you know, kind of controversial cuz it's not it's not men playing baseball. Oh, it's I the know. The ladies playing baseball, we got a league of their own. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's when it comes to a story and relationships and sisters and baseball as a driving story. I don't think it gets better than yeah. league of their own. Such um, a good movie. I love of the game. Kind of, t- It's kind of like that. It's got a main through line of, you know, him throwing the perfect game spoiler alert, but it's wrapped around this fucking bullshit, romantic shit that come on, get out of here. This is just great. It's just, you know, sisters and the struggles of being a woman back then. And then world war two going on and all the men being gone. And, um, it just and then baseball, still trying to put on this show for Americans. It, even to, to, it kind of relates today, like these guys are just going out trying the best they can during this. That pandemic. was Tom Hanks, yeah. Yeah, Uh yeah. Jimmy
1: Dugan. Who's in that? Avoid the yeah. clap,
3: G, Jimmy Dugan. If I ever meet Tom Hanks, I'm having him fucking sign a baseball that says Tom Hanks, Tommy or Tom Dugan. Yeah. <laughs> avoid, <laughs> avoid the clap. Um yeah, so uh, 92, directed by Penny Marshall. I don't, think, I don't think she's around anymore. I think her and her, yeah, she's not. Is it her brother? Who was, uh, uh, God damn it, who's the other Marshall? Gary Marshall. Uh, sister. Oh, they're brother and sister. And Gary Marshall makes an appearance as this. He's, he's the owner of the team, of the Peaches. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember, but uh, I. Well, he is. Yep, seen uh, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, star in Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Lori Petty, John Lovitz is in there. Who else? And then Gary Marshall, Bill Pullman. Ooh, I oh, I didn't yeah. know this. Music Big by Hans all-star. Zimmer. All star. Yeah, all star cast. Yeah, but music by Hans Zimmer. Interesting. Well, uh, Dark Knight, Batman yeah. guy. Inception. Uh, budget was $40 We had 132 and I'm sure it's made so much money with. It's been on TNT and TBS, you know, like every year. I remember watching this every summer. Um, yeah, so it's about the uh, All American Girls Professional Baseball League, the AAGPBL. I need to work on the acronym, ladies. Um, and it's basically it was during yeah during World War II, and all the all the fellows had to go to uh, war, and there wasn't baseball, and you know even Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams and all those guys went to war. Um, thankfully, came back. And so they figured, let's put some ladies on, you know, the field in the meantime and see if we can get some butts in the seats. And they made this league. And so it follows the Peaches, the Rockford Peaches, um, and Gina Davis and her sister, Lori Petty. What are their names in it? Dottie and Dottie Henson, right? And uh, May, no, not May, May all the way. Kit, that's right, Kit. Um, follows them through the season and turmoils and stuff. Um, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you've had to watch this, right? Yeah. And, but even an American, like Sam Lot, this is an American movie. You got to watch this. It's a um, good one. And the the scene I, I have to play, because it's the most iconic uh, scene in all of this movie, is uh, hey, there's no crying in baseball.
2: say hey, Evelyn, can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for?
3: Well, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's not love that's three feet above your ass.
2: (laughs) Are you crying? No.
3: Are you crying?
4: Are you crying? There's no crying.
2: There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris.
3: Rogers Hornsby was my manager.
2: And he called me a talking pile of pig
3: shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry?
0: No,
1: no. No,
3: no. And you know why?
0: No. Because
2: there's no crying in baseball.
0: There's no crying in baseball. No crying.
2: What's the matter, Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir. I
0: didn't
1: mean to do that.
2: Perhaps you chastise her too vehemently. Good rule of thumb. Treat each of these girls as you would treat your mother. You want ever tell you look like a penis with a little hat on?
0: You're out of here! Oh, no, right no, no, now, Jimmy, you, I heard you, you that! Misunderstood. <laughs> you misunderstood <laughs> no, You misunderstood me! You can't throw me I'm out for a that. second! That. No one's even no, got a strike! Right so now, so I can't believe no one ever you that before! That's me! I'm in charge now, all right? Who's up here?
3: So there you go. Tom Hanks kind of being an asshole. You know? He's never been much of a bad guy, a little bit of a baseball dick right there. Cause you know what? There really is no crying in baseball. It's supposed to be fun, you know. Um, you know, with the Angels. Uh, oh, what was the score on that? Do we figure out? Oh, oh I Anast- didn't. God damn it! The Astros won. Fuck. Well, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but Shohei pitched today and pitched like shit again. And um, Joe Maddon, the manager, talked to him and was his main piece of advice was just like, go out and have some fun. Like, this is like a fun thing. You know what I mean? Like, this, isn't, yeah. this is not serious. Yeah, there's millions of dollars on the line. No big deal. But we're playing a game with a bunch of guys that also love playing this game. And, you know, put a smile on your face. And I remember getting that advice in Little League, too. And it was like, I didn't really understand it. But then as I got older, it's like, yeah, this is just in game, you know. And um, so there is no crying in baseball. I think that what his main thing is that you shouldn't. Don't be sad. Don't be sad, umpire. <laughs> yeah, you know it, that's the whole thing. So uh, league of their own, it's so good. I, I might even go watch it soon. I, I'm, now I'm craving watching yeah, it. Yeah, I got to check it out again. Uh, I've seen again. it. But. Um, cool. All right, let's get into our players. Yeah. Um, this was
1: hard, right. man. So this is yeah. this is hard. I actually had to switch one like last minute because I realized how important he was to like my at least growing up um watching baseball uh it was Jim Edmonds and like that was oh, my okay. number 3 um but then i realized how big of an impact like Ken Griffey Jr made on my like childhood and how how like i had a poster of him in my room like uh bought his video game on the super nintendo Ken Griffey Jr baseball super silly but um he was just, like, iconic, like, 90s baseball player. Um, unstoppable at the plate. Like, when he hit the ball, like, he freaking hit the... His swing is, like, legendary.
3: I remember, like, <clears throat> when he first, like, was... Like, I mean, he was already... Rookie, his rookie year was amazing. But I remember, like, his swing being kind of criticized as, you know, being, like, non-traditional. And, yeah. and a few coaches saying, because <clears throat> as a kid, you want to mimic you're you know you're the best player out there and having coaches telling you no don't do that don't do the uppercut don't try yeah, to don't
1: let go of the bat,
3: <laughs> because it <laughs> looks like he's just basically going up with a swing but he's yeah. really not and then I <clears throat> i got into a really good baseball camp one year and had different stations and one of them was batting and all and the coach all he did was showed us videos of griff like um no, before he showed Griffey, he, he showed, he asked, all right, everyone here, who do you think has the best swing in baseball? And there, I think the McGuire's were thrown out there and, you know, a few other players and no one was really saying Griffey yeah. and, and it was cause they were all taught, don't <laughs> swing like Griffey. And he goes, Ken Griffey Jr. Has the best swing in major league baseball. And we're like, what? No, come on. Look at that. Thing. like, no, how does, you know, but if you slow down his swing, it's hit is so in the zone that it when it comes out, it's perfect. And it, it always struck me like, yeah, at, at full speed, you're like, it, it looks so smooth and ridiculous, but it's, you know, trout kind of mimics his swing a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. He's not Griffey was like really kind of up and wiggling trout is up, up a little bit still, but not wiggling as much, but still yeah. does like the same kind of motion. But uh,
1: yeah, he was just like a superstar, like Always on the All Stars MVP, like crazy. Just I, I loved watching him, and it, like, yeah. I mean, he, his dad played as well, right? It was pretty. Um, they got to play um, together, man. Incredible. I think they,
3: I'm pretty sure they went back to back on home runs once, or like hit home runs in the same game or so something cool. crazy. Yeah.
1: Imagine playing baseball on the same team as like and then your I dad. Think,
3: and then his dad retired shortly after then became a coach. And then I think he coached his son with the Mariners. So cool. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing with Griffey, though, it's I, I think he would have been so much greater if he just didn't get hurt. He really had some problems with this. I think his knees and was out. I think a few seasons, and it really cost him. He he ended up with this the Reds, right? Isn't that where he ended? Yeah, his I think he ended up on the Reds. He's still a Hall of Famer, right? He's in the Hall yeah. of Fame, right? Yeah. So I mean, he made it, but yeah, I think if he just didn't get hurt, he would have been his numbers would have been just astronomical. Yeah, very in, in the Barry Bonds numbers kind of thing. But yeah, that's my number three. That's a good one, man. Well, and. I, like I said, with little big league, I was afraid of Griffey because I was like an mm-hmm. angel fan and I didn't, the Mariners were scary, dude. With, yeah, they were with Randy Johnson. And then they had like Jay, but, uh, not, uh, Jay Butler, Jay, but yeah, I think it was Jay Butler. Brett, but, Brett Butler. No, or was it? Yeah, it was Jay Butler. And then, um, they have like one other good guy on that. Team. Anyways. Oh, Tina Martinez. That's what I was trying to think of Tina Martinez. All right. Well, it's my number three can might shock a few people out there, but, um, at one time I was a Yankee fan. I know, I know nah. everyone. I know everyone. It's really sad. I was a big Yankee fan, but here's my thing. During the, I don't know how many, how many world series things did this guy fucking win too many, uh, five world series championships. So during the like 96 to 2000 era, The Yankees were the fucking best team in the world. I mean, it was just ridiculous. (laughs) Everyone knew everybody on the team. And um, it was hard for like a nine, 10, 12 year old Robert not to love this team. Cause you know what? The angels were fucking terrible. Yeah, they were the California (laughs) angels. It was hard to root for them. I wanted to root for the best team in the world. You know, I was, and I kind of blame my parents. I'm talking to my mom and my dad. You guys enabled me to become a Yankee fan. (laughs) <laughs> but finally, I, you know, I came to my senses later, but the main guy of those years... Oh, yeah. ...is the captain, Derek Cheater. Heck yeah. Um, I mean, this guy, I, what I love about him is, like we were saying earlier, with the gentleman, it, he had class. Yeah, he did. You didn't really see him yell at umpires too much. He didn't get arguments. He just... He wasn't a showboat. Down.
1: He played... No. ...like he loved the game, you know?
3: He, but also... Played it as hard as he could as much as is mm-hmm. the harder he played it. I think the funner he had. Um, I think on the men's same mentality is like Jordan. I mean, I, I think if you're in the conversation of greatest players of each, um, you know, generation, Jeter's up there. You have yeah. to throw Jeter up there. Absolutely. Um, he doesn't have the greatest numbers of all. I mean, he's not in like the home run numbers or, you know, I don't think he has a lot of records broken, but he has five rings, 14 all uh all star appearances, rookie of the year, five golden gloves, uh five silver sluggers, two Hank Aaron awards, Roberto Clemente Award. Um, he has his number retired. He's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the dude is the best. Um, I'll always respect. You know, as like I was saying earlier, like I hate Red Sox, I hate the Yankees, but man, I love Derek Jeter and I love David Ortiz. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's, the, there's just some of these guys that will supersede the hatred. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> legendary. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think uh Mike Trout really has planned his whole career kind of around the Derek Jeters of, you know, that just you know, shut up, do your job, you know, have fun, and things will happen. So Yeah. Derek Jeter, there you go. Number three.
1: Awesome. My, uh, my number two, I actually have a video for him that we could play first, um, is Mickey yeah. Mantle. Um, okay. And I found like a short clip of a kind of like a bio of him on biography.com. So we'll check that out right now and then we'll talk about it.
2: Mickey Mantle was the greatest switch hitter the game's ever seen. He was a powerful hitter, he could hit for average, and he was impossible to pitch to because you couldn't bring anybody in left or right because he was equally powerful from both sides of the plate.
4: Mickey Mantle was born on October 20th, 1931, in Spavinaw, Oklahoma. Trained by his father at a young age to bat from both sides of the plate, Mickey became a deadly hitter in high school.
3: When Mickey was growing up, his dad, after work, would take him out to the field, and his dad would pitch right-handed, when Mickey hit left-handed. And then they'd bring in his grandfather, who would pitch left-handed, and Mickey would bat right-handed. So he got to see the left-hander and the right-hander,
2: turned into a pretty good switch hitter. My dad, he always wanted me to be a switch hitter. He would work in the mines all day, and then he'd come home at night and take tennis balls and stand me out by by the garage and pitch to me till dark.
4: Mantle was signed to a minor league contract with the New York Yankees, and by 1951, he was playing in the big leagues. The following year, he was called upon to replace the legendary Joe DiMaggio in center field.
2: Mickey Mantle had some of the most enormous shoes anybody's ever had to fill, and Mickey Mantle had to endure boos for years before he was accepted because, for no other reason, he wasn't Joe DiMaggio.
5: Joe was as kind as he could be. If I would go up
2: to Joe DiMaggio and say, Joe, what did I do wrong on that play? He'd say, sit down, son and then he would tell me exactly what I did wrong.
4: Over the next 18 years, the Mick, as he was called, became one of the biggest stars and the highest paid player in baseball.
2: Every time Mantle stepped to the bat, The pitcher and everybody on the opposing team was afraid that a home run was coming.
4: Despite numerous injuries, Mantle dominated the major leagues. He hit 536 home runs, winning baseball's Triple Crown and three MVP awards, and led the Yankees to seven World Series championships.
2: I would argue that Mickey Mantle was the greatest power switch hitter ever, hitting home runs from the right and the left, and obviously powerful, and that's where he made his name. You know, the the phrase, tape measure
1: home run, that was created by Mickey Mantle.
4: Off the field, Mantle lived as large as he played and was notorious for his hard drinking and womanizing lifestyle.
2: Well, Clearly, Mickey was a 1950s drinker, womanizer, wasn't a good father, you know, cheated on his wife. I think that's what
1: guys did in the 50s. I think
2: that's one of the things about Mickey Mantle and his times, that he was allowed to be a baseball player. The press didn't delve into his life the way it does today. I think Mickey Mantle would have a harder time getting away with what he got away with if he was playing today.
4: A 20-time All-Star, Mantle retired from baseball in 1969. And in the same year, the Yankees retired his jersey, number seven. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame five years later.
5: They had retired number three, four, and five, Ruth Gehrig DiMaggio. In
2: 1969, Joe DiMaggio came out and they retired number seven. To me, that was kind of the topping on the cake. One of the things that people sometimes don't understand about Mantle is that he was one of the most beloved teammates ever. He would be in the lineup every day, regardless of what was bothering him. He stayed in the lineup, and his teammates loved him for that.
4: Following his retirement, Mantle worked as a television personality and a restaurateur.
2: The baseball memorabilia business uh, was fueled by Mickey Mantle, no question. Mickey Mantle made so much more money and memorabilia than he ever did as a baseball player. Mickey Mantle was a guy who was a centerpiece of a lot of people's youths. And people wanted a piece of Mickey whether it was an autograph, whether there was a signed ball, where there was a picture. And uh, for as long as he lived, he was the centerpiece of a lot of autograph shows.
4: By the mid-90s, years of drinking had taken their toll on Mantle. And on August 13th, he died of liver cancer.
3: When people look back at Mickey Mantle, they're going to remember a great baseball player, uh, a great hitter, but I think they're going to wonder, how good could he have really been if he had stayed healthy or if he had taken better care of himself?
1: All right. Coming back, um, that was a little bit about Mickey Mantle. Um, <clears throat> he had nicknamed the Commerce Comet and the Mick. Um, uh, he, he played his entire career with the Yankees, speaking of the Yankees. but he was, for, Can
3: I can interject real quick? Yeah, go sorry. Because I just talked about Jeter, and that was one thing I really wanted to talk about was because <clears throat> just like Jeter, the guys that stick with the one team. Yeah, I love that. Pretty amazing, and through, I think that's going to happen thin. with. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's going to happen with Trout. I mean, I get the contracts and stuff happen, but you know, it's really cool when one guy can stay with one team and always be associated with that one team. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, continue. Sorry.
1: And so. He was a versatile player. He played center field, you know, right field and first base. So he, you know, kind of jumped around a little bit. Um and if I'm sure you know this, but he was a switch hitter. So like um he's also considered to be like the greatest switch hitter in the history of baseball. Um he's hit some home runs. He hit one? He hit a few. Yeah, he hit yeah, <laughs> he hit one specifically that I'm thinking of that almost left the park. It would have left the park if it didn't hit like the, you know, the back of the stadium.
3: Which is Um, incredible back then because they weren't really throwing. They they, The best pitchers back then were maybe hitting 90. Maybe. And the harder these pitchers throw, the further the ball goes. You know what I mean? Like the harder the force. So to imagine someone hitting a ball that hard at like 89 miles per hour. That's crazy. When he like it
1: blows my mind how hard he would hit the ball like every time he hit it, you know, like he Beautiful was just he, yeah, he was just heavy hitter. Um and when he he would have kind of like fit in on that like you know the the legendary Yankees like 90s to early 2000s kind uh, he's of he's a legend. Team.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was during I mean, he wasn't during um wasn't murderers row. That was the other that was like uh DiMaggio and those guys, I think. Um Manil Manel- came in right at the end of those guys' careers. And then they had the Roger Maris's and those guys. But yeah, I mean he <clears throat> I think if you think of that era of like Yankee baseball, it's all Mickey Mantle. Yeah, and he's he just
1: He's great. Um, When he retired, he was on the third all-time home run list. Uh, He was third on the all-time home run list. Uh, He had 536 home runs. Wow. And he was actually the Yankees' all-time leader in games played. He played 2,401 games, Mm -hmm. I guess straight. Um, But that was broken. Or not straight, but... You all know time. what I mean? Like all time. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter actually beat that in August of 2011. That, yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> that like, makes sense. yeah, I mean, it, being on that same list with Jeter is like, that makes sense. You know, like those two, I actually kind of relate them a lot besides, you know, Jeter being a shortstop, like, Mickey Mantle and Jeter are a lot
3: alike, if you think about it. Like just the, you know, when was on the field, because Jeter was a little bit more straight laced, and Mickey Mantle is a notorious alcoholic, (laughs) drug addict. Oh yeah,
1: and (laughs) into that story, he his doctor like actually told him like because he had to leave, you know, leave for a while, and he went to the uh he went to like rehab basically, and the doctor told him like if you drink anymore, you're gonna die, because his father. I think and two sons died of cancers.
3: Like yeah, his family didn't have a big uh, like a good track record. Um, Yeah, have you seen the movie sixty one or is it sixty two? Forget what the number is. Is it Jackie Robinson one or no? No, it's about. It's directed by Billy Crystal. It was an HBO movie. It's about Roger Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle.
1: Yeah, I did see that.
3: That's a really good movie. I almost considered it putting it on my uh, my list because. it was for the time too when the movie came out. The CGI of like putting them like a, it was a period piece basically. Yeah, and just showing it was a story that you know everyone knows Mickey Mantle, but no one knows really the story of Roger Maris. And it and this and the movie came out I think after the Mark McGuire you know run, so it was more people knew about Roger Maris. And, and d- Yeah, go ahead.
1: let me just say with like Mickey Mantle and some of these big hitters, they didn't have the. F- freaking steroids and stuff either like a lot of times you know what i mean um, well
3: they weren't doing like the steroids creatine stuff but they were getting jacked up on cocaine and yeah oh yeah meth for and- sure they were, they were on stuff, but yeah, it wasn't to bulk up. It was just to get them more wired. I think, I mean, the fuckers were like smoking cigarettes in the goddamn dugout, dugout and, in the, yeah. and in the clubhouse. Like that's that drinking hilarious. beers. <laughs> like this was a totally different time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That, it just, it, I, I just, I find, um, that era of baseball to be just so like romantic you know what I mean in in the sense of what baseball is and if you haven't seen the Ken Burns documentary like on baseball it's incredible I saw a long time ago but it's a it's 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 a
3: it's a little bit of a homework, but it's really thorough, though. Yeah. It's like, what, like eight hours or something? It's something crazy. Ken Burns always goes over the top on his knowledge.
1: Yeah, he does. <laughs> and I have his Mark Twain documentary that's like five hours or something. But um, yeah, that the baseball one's really good. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mickey Mantle is my number two. I grew up on him. Like my dad would talk about him all the time. It was like his favorite player. Um. Yeah. Funny little thing. Speaking of like baseball players with like Babe Ruth and stuff. Like my mm-hmm. grandparents had a autographed Babe Ruth, like a Babe Ruth autograph in their wow. home for a long time. I remember looking Where at is that. It at? And, um, <laughs> the dog eat it.
3: You guys hit a home. You guys play baseball with it in the backyard.
1: Yeah, it was it was like a little like card kind of thing. It wasn't like a baseball card, but it was like an authentic kind of thing. Wow, where is it at? I don't know. Somebody inherited it.
3: (laughs) Fuck, track that shit down, dude. Yeah. um, yeah, dude, Mickey Mantle. I have um. This will kind of lead into my my. I'm gonna cheat again. Sorry, because I could I couldn't choose between these two guys. Stop cheating. Another another two Yankees. I'll make it quick, but I have a photo that's signed by oh shit. Maybe it's Whitey Ford. I thought it was Mickey. It might not be Mickey Mantle. And then I'm thinking about it. I think it's Whitey Ford because if it was Mickey Mantle. It'd be worth way more, but it's three, three Yankees. And I think it's Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra and uh, Joe DiMaggio. No, is it? You Wait, have fuck. that shit. I gotta go back. It's three amazing Yankees. And I know. God damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. Sorry. Forget that. But I do have, I do have a Yogi Berra and Joe DiMaggio autograph but separately. And I'm going to get, and those are my two. I'm going to break them down with Yogi Berra and Joe DiMaggio. Yogi Berra. I mean the name alone. How do you not like Yogi Berra, right? Like it, it, to be associated with a cartoon bear a little bit. Like, Yogi Berra. <laughs> <laughs> um, I in, in, uh, it was like middle school or high school. Um, I did a project on Yogi Berra. He wrote a book that is amazing. Let me see if I can find the name of it, but it's basically, he, he didn't have a very good education, if any at all. And, yeah. um, he, so he had this very street smart type, um, of attitude. And when, and he, I mean, he played stickball on the street and he was just, that's, that's the kind of guy he was. He grew up in New York and stuff. He's kind of like the muddy waters of baseball. (laughs) I like that. Um, Yo, uh, where is it at? Oh, his book is called when you come to a fork in the road, take it inspiration and wisdom for the one and only baseball greatest heroes. So it's basically a bunch of uh, quotes. He's famous for having all these amazing quotes. Um, Like 90% of 90% of baseball is mental. The other half is physical. (laughs) It ain't over till it's over. I mean, that's him. Like he—he's. It's not the fat lady, but that you know, it's not over till it's over. Yeah. Um, It's déjà vu all over again. Um, You can observe a lot by watching. (laughs) You know, and as dumb as they sound, but then you like think about like, yeah, you know, that kind of makes a little bit a lot of sense. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. I really didn't say any it says, I really didn't say everything I said. <laughs> a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. <laughs> so he was just a, and, and on top of that, an amazing catcher. I mean, okay, the dude yeah. is just crazy. Uh, how many he he has 13 fucking rings. Well, did. He passed away. But he won 13 World Series, 18 All-Stars, 3 MVPs. Um, That's nuts. He mostly played with the Yankees. He did play with the Mets for his last year and uh managed the Mets, but didn't move always, too far, New York. And also coached with the Astros too. Sorry, I'm just now seeing that for 3 Screw years. the Astros. Yeah, fuck the Astros. Um but yeah, I I um I'll come back to Yogi Berra in a little bit because I have a fun story about him. But uh, yeah, Yogi Berra. And then my other one, <clears throat> Joe DiMaggio, um, another Yankee. Um, I, was, I didn't know this until I was looking up right now on his Wikipedia. Him and I have the same birthday. Nice. I never, I never
1: knew that. What and the now, fuck? now you share birthday with your favorite singer and one yeah. of your
3: favorite baseball players. That's awesome. And, and um, Freddie Prince Jr., and, Whoa. um, uh, what Dawson's Creek? I can't think of his name. Vanderbeek.
1: Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when you worked with to, them.
3: Yeah. I got to share a birthday with James Vanderbeek. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Joe DiMaggio. That's cool. Uh, March 8th. Um, the Yankee Clipper, uh, Jolton Joe. I mean a cup of Joe like from a coffee is kind of from him a little bit. Cause he was like associated with this coffee brand back in the day. Um, Let's go through his stats real quick. Um 9 World Series, 13-time All-Star, 3-time three-time MVP, 3-time batting champion, 3-time home run leader. Um the dude was a fucking hitter a and, legend, his all, yeah. and his all-time greatest record that will never be broken. I mean, I I don't think it'll ever be broken is his 56 game hitting streak. That's just basically hit a hit some kind of hit Fifty games straight, which is just that's every insane. at bat. That's nuts. Every at bat, at least a, you know, at least a single. Um, fun, fun, cool thing about this is one morning, uh, I don't remember what the year was, but I was like nine or ten. Um, my mom wakes me up early in the morning, and she goes, "Hey, wake up! Do you got? Do you want to go meet Joe DiMaggio?" And I was like, "What? What? Uh, yes, please!" And because I'm like prime Yankee fan right now so we go down like coast, uh, South coast plaza into one of those hotels down there and, uh, get in line with a bunch of just middle-aged dudes. And, uh, one by one, we filed into this like conference room where you got to like have this one-on-one time with Joe DiMaggio. And I had my Yankee hat on and I had my NYPD blue or NYPD sweater on. Cause we, we'd gone to New York and, um, and he sees me coming up and he goes, Oh, come on up. You know, everyone else is coming like up to the table. He's like, come around the table. And he, he had me come around right next to him. And, and he was just asking me how old I was. And if I played baseball and, and siding my ball for me, and it was just, he was like a sweetheart. And, um, so I had this awesome baseball it capsulized in my, my, uh, parents house. It's definitely one of my prized possessions. And then fast forward, like, Three months later, out of the blue, a cousin of mine in San Francisco, which San Francisco, what, what, what is going on? Why is the newspaper having me on like the front page? with Joe DiMaggio when I was what? having my autograph taken. Some photographer was taking a photo and they were doing a article about Joe DiMaggio in San Francisco. Um, I probably would have never have known I was on the newspaper unless my cousin just happened to see it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I have a cool cutout of him and I on the newspaper and uh, yeah. So Joe DiMaggio, he was uh, and then dude married Marilyn Monroe. Like, that's great. He was, she was a babe. Um, I think he has a very famous, Last words. Uh, what was it? Let's see. Do your best. <laughs> Just no, it was It was like, I'm going to go, now I can go see Marilyn. Because he was still in love with uh, Marilyn Monroe. He says, last words were, I'll finally get to see Marilyn. Which is, oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. So, Joe DiMaggio. All right. What's your number one, buddy? My number
1: one is Mike Trout. Woo! I think he is the greatest baseball player of this generation. Well, Um,
3: let's say, God forbid, I don't want to say this, but like he gets tragically hurt or retires right now. Would you still say that?
1: Yeah. Just because his, these last few years that, you know, he's been playing, like he's what, 28 right now or 29 or something. Something like that. Super young. yeah. And like the heart he has is that of a guy who's been playing in the major leagues for like as long as Jeter. He reminds me so much of Jeter, like just his love for the game, his hustle, his like he's done some things where I'm like, I've never seen somebody do that. Jumping up on the wall to catch balls and like just when he's doing it, he looks like he has fun. Like, you know how your, your coaches or whatever told you, like you know just go out there and have fun or joe madden said it to shohei or whatever like mike Trout goes out every day like he wants to have fun it's his favorite thing to do you know um but it's like his natural thing to yeah, do yeah he's super <laughs> he's like meant to do it eight exactly. time mvp all-star like
3: um 3 mvps in yeah, a year
1: one of the earliest i think he could be like considered one of the players that like at this stage you could say i could see him in the
3: hall of fame oh, like yeah i for don't sure I, I think if if he just again just stays healthy like if he just yeah. doesn't if he doesn't ken griffey jr out he doesn't <laughs> I, I has i bet he's had like an injury but he
1: hasn't oh, gotten he, like major he injury missed,
3: he missed uh half a season and still came in fourth in the MV, mvp yeah. awards
1: he's, he's insane he's like he 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 just encapsulates baseball like he he just he seems like when you look at him you think baseball like that's that's how you truly play baseball he's almost like if the angels were the sandlot he's benny like Ooh, you know what i, I like mean that. like i like that i like that a so lot so good Um, He's my Um, favorite. I I look at him every day when
3: I watch, like whenever I look up. He's so great. Yeah. Um, One one fun thing I heard, I I mean, it's just a rumor of legend of Mike Trout that when he was in high school, like as a senior, his uh, team was having like a home run derby charity thing event. A lot of teams do that. And he was so good that his team made him bat left and he still won. What <laughs> he's so good, so the fucker could be switch hitter and he doesn't. I don't know why he doesn't bat lift. Um, yeah, he could be like uh Mickey Mantle. Come on, uh, he, uh, yeah. I mean, that I'm uh, he gets compared to Mantle, I think, more than anyone else, yeah. I think a jeter, um, but with like the outfield, uh, outfield aspect, he gets yeah. compared to Mantle all when, which is like one of the greatest compliments you I can know, imagine he someone. grew up on Mickey Mantle. You know that he like and Griffey, you know, you know? and Pujols. Sure. The fact that like he was brought into this Angel team with one of the greatest legend, like Pujols, is the Babe Ruth of like you and I's generation. Yeah, I mean, what that guy is doing, he should be on our list too. Um, But he's what great. he's doing. and then just to be mentored by that guy, I think that's another reason why he's so Mike Trout is so nice and composed and and, you know, he's oh not boy, the, yeah. he's he's not he's not Harper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone compares Mike Trout and uh, Bryce, Harper. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, because they came up, I think, in the same year or one. Before and they're very outfield hitters. But Bryce Hopper, Bryce Hopper is a joke. I mean, he's a good player, but he's, his numbers are nowhere compared to Trout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, he's a, and he yells at umpires and gets really heated, but Trout
1: doesn't do I, that at all. I saw one clip of Trout getting mad. Um, this it, year actually
3: and yeah. he turns around and he just goes, come on. And then just walks away. <laughs> I even, I, I, I showed it to my family saying like, you want to see Mike Trout get mad? And I show them, they're like, he didn't get mad. And I was like, no, that's Mike Trout getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that he actually like said a few things to the umpire. Yeah. And I'll say this, sorry, Mike Trout, that pitch was a strike, man. You should it be was. swinging. You should be swinging with two strikes in the bottom of the ninth when you guys are down. Like, what the fuck are you looking at yeah. a pitch? oh
1: yeah well and and uh w- when he did that he kind of like bumped into the umpire too like with his shoulder a little i'm like ooh. i don't think
3: that was his fault though i think yeah. that was the um- umpire he couldn't really For see sure. yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean mike trout man um he's not on my list yet i mean he's definitely one of my favorite he's angels there. but he'll be up there when he retires my numero uno so let's talk about my number one. I he's know on who my it is. he's on my body. He's tattooed on my leg. Uh, by far, in my opinion, the greatest pitcher of all time. Cy Young can suck Nolan Ryan's dick. Uh, <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Um, the the dude is dude. the dude is crazy. Um, uh, I do have a video. I, I might edit a little bit. In post, I'm not sure. It's kind of long, but it's this guy that really praises Nolan Ryan and what what makes him just the most absolute legend of all time. Yeah. So I'm gonna play that right now.
5: Number seven. Workhorse Nolan Ryan over his 27-year career. Okay, let's stop there. Ryan's career lasted 27 years, which is the longest career ever. The next closest pitcher to reach as many years as Ryan's was Jamie Moyer, who had a major league career that lasted 25 years. Over those 27 years, Ryan would rack up 5,386 innings pitched, which is good for fifth most all-time. Of the four pitchers that threw more innings than Ryan, only one, Phil Necro, pitched after 1930. Within those 5,386 innings pitched, he had 14 200 plus inning pitch seasons plus two seasons of 300 plus innings pitched. Only one pitcher has ever started more games than Nolan Ryan, who had 773 career starts. That was a guy by the name of Cy Young, who you may know of, and every year the best statistical pitcher earns an award in his name. No pitcher will ever have another 27 year career like Ryan. It's unheard of. Number six, Hardest throwing pitcher ever. There have been few pitchers ever to reach 100 miles per hour on the radar gun, especially during Ryan's era where it was unheard of to throw a fastball at 100 miles per hour. During his time, Ryan held the major league record with the fastest pitch ever recorded at 100.9 miles per hour. Since then, we all know that Aroldis Chapman holds this record throwing a fastball that was recorded at 105.1 miles per hour. But what is not taken into consideration with that record is that during Ryan's time velocity was recorded 10 feet behind home plate compared to today's mlb where velocity is recorded directly out of the pitcher's hand if ryan's record-setting pitch was recorded again in today's mlb it is said that it would reach a minimum of 106 miles per hour with the possibility of making it to 110 miles per hour when ryan's arm finally gave out on him tearing his ulnar collateral ligament he threw one final pitch which registered at 98 miles per hour. I guess that's alright considering that he didn't even have a working elbow at the time. Between the years 1980 and 1988, Ryan threw 17,309 fastballs and none of them were clocked under 90 miles per hour. Ryan turned 40 in the 1987 season. Number 5, the cattle rancher. Now some of you guys may know where I am headed with this, but let me add on to why Nolan Ryan was not human. In the early 1970s while playing for the Angels, Ryan started growing his cattle cattle herd, which he would personally take care of during each offseason. This is a job that requires to sometimes put misbehaving cattle in headlocks. Okay, that may be completely wrong, but Ryan is known for the most famous fight in baseball history. It was on August 4th, 1993, the Texas Rangers were taking on the Chicago White Sox. Ryan delivered a fastball that hit Robin Ventura square in the back. Ventura took a couple steps towards first base, then made one of the worst decisions ever to charge the mound. Ryan immediately got Ventura into a headlock delivering many right hooks to his head. I guess maybe that cattle ranching did come in handy. This wasn't too bad at the time considering that Ryan was 46 years old going up against the younger 26 year old Robin Ventura. Ventura would be ejected from the game but Ryan would stay in the game and throw 7 innings, 5 strikeouts and give up only 1 run. Not too bad for an old man. Number 4 Winner. Winning 300 career games as a starting pitcher is something that doesn't happen very often. In the history of baseball, only 24 pitchers have won 300 games. Over his career, Ryan was able to compile 324 wins, ranking him 14th all-time. To put into perspective how hard it is to win 300 career games, we will take a look at Clayton Kershaw. Over Kershaw's first 9.5 years of his career, he has compiled 138 wins. For him to reach 300 career victories, he would have to average about 10 wins each year over the next 17 years, which would make him 46 years old. That is insane. But what made it so much greater for Ryan is that he was doing all this on teams that weren't even that good. Over his career, Ryan would only play in five postseasons, winning one World Series in his rookie season. With the Mets, the team combined for a 240 batting average. With the Angels, it went way up to a team average of 253. And for the Rangers, the team combined for an outstanding batting average of 260. Think if Ryan would have started for teams in the 70s like the Big Red Machine or the Yankees, his record would have been greatly improved. Number 3 Unhittable One of the most overlooked stats from Nolan Ryan's career was that he holds the major league record for batting average against at a minimal 204. This is a record that will never be broken and one that gets overlooked in the discussion of Ryan being the greatest of all time. Over his career, Ryan would set another major league record record and that was throwing seven no-hitters during his career. This is another record that no one will ever come close to breaking. The second most career no-hitters belongs to Sandy Koufax who had four. Although Ryan holds the major league record for the most walks all time with 2,795, batters still had trouble finding ways to hit Ryan even when he was consistently throwing strikes. Looking at these two major league records that Nolan Ryan does hold just shows how unhittable this guy was on the mound and how inhuman he is. Number two, no Cy Youngs. A lot of people have a tough time giving Nolan Ryan the greatest pitcher of all time due to the fact that he never won a Cy Young during his career. But we are going to look deeper into this and show you why Ryan should have won multiple Cy Young awards. We first look at the year 1973 where Ryan finished second behind Jim Palmer in Cy Young award voting. During that year, Palmer was on an Orioles team that won 97 games while Ryan was with the Angels who would win 79 games that year. Palmer would finish the season with 22 wins, one more than Ryan, who had 21. In those 22 wins, Palmer had 28 games that year with three plus runs of support going 21 and 3 in those games. Ryan, on the other hand, had 25 games with three plus runs of support matching Palmer's record at 21 and 3. But of those 28 games for Palmer, 13 of them he had six plus runs of support going 10 and 0, while Ryan only had seven games like this going 6 and 0. This shows us that Ryan could have had at least five more wins that year if he would have gotten the same run support as Palmer. Ryan that year would also have 29 and 2 thirds more innings pitched, 225 more strikeouts and 7 more complete games than Palmer in 1973. So in my opinion, I believe that Ryan should have won his first Cy Young award in 1973. Another year that I felt like Ryan got snubbed of a Cy Young award was in the year following 1973. In 1974, Ryan would have another strong year leading the major leagues in innings pitched, strikeouts, hits allowed per 9 innings, and strikeouts per 9 innings. But he would again find himself not winning a Cy Young Award, finishing behind Catfish Hunter and Fergie Jenkins. Lastly, we look at the year 1977, where Ryan would lead the major leagues in complete games, strikeouts, hits per 9, home runs per 9, and strikeouts per 9 innings. But once again, finding himself finishing third behind Jim Palmer and Sparky Lyle. So after looking deeper into the stats, you guys can make your own opinion on whether or not Ryan should have won a Cy Young Award or not. In my opinion, he would have won those three Cy Youngs if it weren't for him leading the major leagues in walks each of those years. Number one, the strikeout king. Without question, the first thing that comes to mind when Nolan Ryan's name comes up is strikeouts, and a lot of them. In his 27-year career, Ryan was able to earn the title of strikeout king by compiling the most strikeouts in major league history with 5,714, which is almost 1,000 more than the next closest pitcher, Randy Johnson, who had 4,875 career strikeouts, making Ryan the only Major League pitcher to ever record 5,000 strikeouts. He led the Major Leagues in strikeouts 11 times during his career, while reaching 300 plus strikeouts six times. To show you how ridiculous this amount of strikeouts actually is, we will take a look at the top strikeout pitcher in today's game, Chris Sale. Over the first seven full years of Sale's career, he has compiled 1,244 strikeouts, averaging 178 per year. But to show You, how crazy Ryan's number is, we will take out Sale's first two years and only do his all star years. Over his five full seasons, when Sale was an all star each year, he compiled 1,133 strikeouts, which means he averaged 227 strikeouts each year. So, if somehow Sale was able to keep this average, it would take him 20 and a half more years to pass Ryan's 5,714 career strikeouts. I would have to say that Ryan's career strikeout total is another one of his many major league records. That will never be broken.
3: And we're back. So yeah, Nolan Ryan. Um, the Ryan Express. Um, uh what can I say about this? There's too much to say about this guy. Uh we're uh pitched for four teams. So like you know, we were saying with like the Jeters and the Mannels that stuck with one team. Yeah. He went around the country a little bit, um, started with the Mets and I think really got um mentored by Tom Seaver, who I think was still pretty young in the in the league, but was kind of already becoming established as a pitcher and Tom Seavers, uh, I don't know if he's a hall of famer, but he's, he was an amazing pitcher. And that was the, uh, only time Ryan got his ring. He he actually has a world series ring, which I, I love, which Mike Trout needs a fucking ring. Um, uh, and also f- fun fact, uh, Nolan Ryan has one home run. He had to bat in as a Met and he has one home run. So there you go. That's awesome. And then um, famously came to the California angels. Um, So obviously I have a big, I mean, even when I was a big Yankee fan, Nolan Ryan was my shit. And as an angel, that was, that was cool. Yeah. And here and hearing stories of like my, my parents and my aunts and uncles and my grandparents saying, yeah, I went and saw Nolan Ryan pitch. I was there when he did this. And I was like, what you were there. You saw Nolan Ryan. I like that blew my mind. And, um, Uh, definitely made me want to become a pitcher um, playing baseball. Um, I I got his uh, really cool VHS tape with him and Randy Johnson.
0: Oh, I remember
3: that. I, I wonder if I still have it. It was really cool. And it had like a pitching coach that Nolan Ryan worked with. And it just... Randy Johnson was learning stuff on this tape, you know, while he was there and it was, and it was, it was cool. Cause you know, Ryan's famously the right hander and Johnson's the left hander. So it was cool that they brought, you know, two different arms on that video too. Yeah. Um, uh, then he went to the, the Nolan Ryan went to the Astros for a little bit and then ended his career with the Rangers. And, um, you know, he's a Texas boy. So I totally get that. He wanted to kind of end his career next to his family. Um, um, But I still consider, and I read that um, even Nolan Ryan considers. I think I have the quote here somewhere. Where is it? Legacy? No.
0: Where is it? Sorry. Hmm.
3: Where'd it go? I saw it earlier. Ah, fuck it. But basically, he went to the Hall of Fame as a Texas Ranger, but always referred to the Angels as his like prime career like uh time you know what i mean like the not decade but you know period period in his career that was like the best because he threw uh i think four no hitters with the angels out of his seven which is crazy um also broke the uh strikeout record in the year let's see let's go through his uh let's see uh eight-time all-star world series champion two-time nl era leader 11-time strikeout leader Um, has all of his numbers retired, Angels Hall of Fame, Houston Hall of Fame, Texas Hall of Fame, and Major League. And uh, at one time, I don't know if this is true anymore, but I remember at one time hearing that he not only had all these uh, records blown, no hitters, strikeouts, um, the most like one hitters or something. At one time, he held the record for most records by a pitcher (laughs) kind of thing you know so uh oh weird his birthday is september 11th that sucks oh yeah my favorite no 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 no, sorry i'm sorry that was his mld mlb debut his birthday is january 31st sorry i read that wrong my favorite
1: nolan ryan moment is Mm. when he beat the crap out of robin ventura
3: (laughs) the best He's blood all over what his What was jersey? Robin Ventura thinking, man? Yeah. Uh, like, and, and Ryan was like in his 40s. And, yeah. Yeah, and Robin Ventura was like in his 20s. And he just headlocks him and just beats the shit out of him. And I love uh,
1: that they didn't eject him. I don't, They didn't
3: eject no. him are Nolan Ryan. No. And he had Robin blood did. all over his shirt. And still had like an <laughs> exceptional uh, outing. Yeah. Another famous one is Bo Jackson hit a line drive right at Nolan Ryan and split his lip open and he st- he kept playing and I have this really famous photo of him just like in mid windup with cut lip bleeding all over his Jersey. And I haven't it signed. It's one of it's the best one. Dude. Um, uh, what else? Um, so yeah, amazing picture. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone can argue that he could be the greatest pitcher of all time. I mean, the only other names up there is like Cy Young and um, I mean, not even Randy Johnson is like really close to him at all. Um, uh, Fun fact though, here we go. Um, So I loved Nolan Ryan still do. Gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And my amazing parents, uh, Carrie and John, flew me out to Cooperstown. Well, they flew me out. Wait, I can't remember what it was before or after. But we flew out to New York and we saw uh, Yankee Stadium. Funny enough, the Yankees were in town in Anaheim playing the Angels. <laughs> Bad Dude. timing. But we still got the to tour the old, the original Yankee Stadium. And I have Yankee dirt and I stole a ball. And that was a lot of fun. Then we went to Cooperstown, which... I got to say that is the Mecca of baseball fans. If you are a baseball fan, you got to go to Cooperstown. I, I mean, I want to go again and I, and it's been probably 20 plus years. I can't imagine how cool it is now. But, you know, Main Street is just everything baseball. You know, every diner, every bar, every barbershop, every, you know, everything is just baseball. And the Hall of Fame is there. And then that's just a special thing in itself. But we yeah, so we flow and we got to watch Nolan Ryan uh get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um let's see who else who else is on that one? Um George Brett, Robin Yout, and uh Orlando Cepeda were like the four big <clears throat> names that year. There was a few other people like writers and stuff. Um but fun story is tops baseball cards held this thing for kids. I think you probably had to be like 13 years or younger or something like that. And we had to spend the night sleeping on a sidewalk to get in this line, to be able to get into this tops special signing thing. And I remember like spiders crawling on us and it was, it was terrible, but we got ticket. I got tickets and basically it's all these kids and they told us there's two lines. We can't meet everybody. So you have to pick which line. One line has George Brett and Robert Newt, and the other line has Nolan Ryan and Orlando Cepeda. So I was like, Oh, I won't go on Nolan Ryan line, obviously. Um, so I get in that line right before like they start having the kids going through, they make an announcement. Nolan Ryan will not be here today. He has a family emergency. Sorry for, you know, the inconvenience. <laughs> Oh, I, I yeah, so not doesn't show up, which sucks. My you know, my parents fly me out to Cooperstown to basically meet Nolan Ryan, and he doesn't show up. But at the same time, I got to meet Orlando Cepeda, uh, Yogi Berra was in that line. Um, I'm trying to think, there was all Tommy Lasorda. Um, uh, yeah, I have this really cool page. It's just a scattered assortment of just all these random b- legends of baseball on this sheet. And, uh, my mom was like kind of pissed off. So she wrote a letter to Nolan Ryan's foundation telling our story. And he, and he did send me back a beside baseball, which was kind of cool. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he is, I, I, I hope at some sometime I possibly can shake the hand of the greatest pitcher of all time. But, um, yeah Nolan Ryan. He has his own beef company too, which is great. I've had yeah. his beef before. If you like steaks, go buy his steaks. You've, you've had his meat in I've, your had, mouth. I've <laughs> had Nolan Ryan's meat in my mouth. um cool. yeah, that's about it. Anything else about him? Oh, I had some fun facts. um He had the first million dollar contract with nice. uh, the Houston Astros um what else. Uh, one little thing I haven't, I'm surprised hasn't been brought up with like John boy is he, Nolan Ryan was kind of associated with the, uh, Houston Astros during their scandal. He was like the executive something of the Houston Astros. Oh and boy. He quit in 2019, like right before all the shit hit the fan. <laughs> and I'm curious if he knew of anything that was going on. um, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It'd be interesting. But all right. Nolan Ryan. The awesome. Greatest. Cool. That was fun, man. Yeah. I love talking baseball. It's awesome. We
1: baseball's great. <laughs> Even if you don't like it, you can appreciate it as a sport through like the statistical kind of stuff. Too. I don't know,
3: man. I, I mean I totally get if people don't get it. <laughs> it's boring. I get it. But I also think that more if people if people played it growing up like semi-seriously i think they have a greater appreciation of it too you know what i mean yeah you know same with people that play football like they that's that's your sport kind of thing so i don't know yeah but everyone loves a good baseball movie. Go watch a good baseball movie if you're bored yeah. by <laughs> the if angels. You're bored, losing, if you're extra bored. Go watch a League of Their Own for the twentieth time. It's it's great. Um, all right, let's get let's get out of here. Um, all right. you can check us out at so scrutiny.com. Uh, brand new website. We have merch and we got some uh, Ramart Ram art and media stuff of my like my videos and photos are up there. Um, you can always email us too at uh, so so scrutiny at gmail.com. I don't think we mentioned that very often, but if you guys want to email us, we'll we'll respond to you. If you're interested
1: um, in like being on the show
3: or anything, or have anything to you know bring up, you, you, got go. music, you got some music, your band wants to play, or you got a plug, you got some kind of product, fucking hit us up. We're more than happy yeah. to. Uh, Give you a mention Um Instagram Facebook are also great ways to Check us out So so screw. I think it's the So so scrutiny podcast That's our tag Um Uh Cool news Next week Um We're gonna have a guest Um He is a I think he wants to know As a director of photography I don't think he recognizes Cinematographer I think he's a DP Uh Justin Morrow He um He's I've worked with him For a few years now On a A bunch of music videos Um and I highly um, respect this guy. He's one of the best DPs I've ever worked with personally. And uh, I'm really excited to just kind of pick his brain about, you know, he has so many war stories. <laughs> you know, we could do probably so many uh, hours on him. So I'm excited to talk about him. Um, what else do you got, Corey? Nothing. Just
1: uh, Nothing? Make, sh- yeah, make sure you tell a friend and um, share, you, you know, make sure you rate our episodes. It helps us. and.
3: Um, continue listening and thank you for listening yes thank you guys appreciate it um, alright cool it's been the so so screen your podcast I'm Robert and I'm Corey alright see you guys Robert!
0: Oh, wow.